And, you know, it's funny because one of the other things I talk about in conscious parenting is that, you know, parents want to feel like they're in control. And so it's hard for them to feel like they're relinquishing some control. But the thing that's so interesting about that is there's areas where we're just not in control, no matter whether we think we are or we don't, or we realize that we're not. Thinking that we're in control is really the issue, not not the fact that we're relinquishing more control. We can't control when our children fall asleep. We can't control the feelings that they have. We can't control the behavior or the reaction that they're going to have to certain situations. But what we can do is that we can help teach them the skills to get better at dealing with those feelings, with those situations. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. There are so many different parenting styles out there. It can get really confusing and overwhelming. Which one's the best? Which one do I follow? And I've talked about parenting styles in the past. I talked about the original four styles that were studied in the 1960s based on two axes from low in warmth to high in warmth, low in expectation to high in expectation. And these were the main four that were originally studied. And everything else that came after this is, for the most part, some combination of these fall within these original four in some degree or another. And I'm going to talk about a different parenting style today, another one that has come up in the last 10 or so years that's really gained popularity. And that is conscious parenting. But before I do, I want to go into a little bit of background on these original four so that you can have an understanding of the quadrant. So I did a three-part series, episode 279, 280, and 281. Is your parenting style holding you back? Part one and part two. And then 281 was, are modern parenting styles really any better? But as I mentioned, there's another style. There's actually a couple of styles that have come up in the very recent, about 10 years have really gained popularity. The one I'm going to cover today is conscious parenting. But before I get into that, so that you can have some background information, 
Authoritarian style is the low in warmth, but high in expectation. This was very, um, I don't say popular, but it was like the style in the 1950s. It was, this was before parents really looked at parenting style, before they really looked at what are the outcomes to the way that I parent. I get into that in detail about why parents parented this way back in the 1950s and what those outcomes are. Permissive, high in warmth, low in expectation, authoritative or democratic style, high in warmth and high in expectation, and neglectful, which is, of course, both low in warmth and low in expectation. So I talked about the outcomes of each of these based on the scientific research. Then I also talked about some of the newer parenting styles that had come up through the 80s and 90s, 2000s, where they fit, where they overlapped with the traditional four, where sometimes they came outside of that and how, and the outcomes of those as well that we've been able to study so far. So again, if you want to learn more about those, you can go back and listen to those older episodes. Now, this is a bit of a spoiler, but I still think that those episodes are really worth listening to. It's a lot of great information. You can really take a look at the styles. And you can see that we're all really a mesh of all of them, but we predominantly fall into one style or another. Now, the best outcomes from these four styles, four traditional styles for children and their adult selves is still the democratic or authoritarian style, according to the research. Okay, and what research has found about this style is that children feel loved and respected. Children are more cooperative. They have higher self-esteem. They have internal motivation problem-solving skills. They have positive relationships and communication between parent and child. And as adults, they tend to be independent, self-controlled, and successful in relationships. But like anything and everything in life, things evolve. And so conscious parenting has become kind of the next layer that can enhance this democratic parenting style. So there's a lot of overlap here with this conscious parenting with the democratic style and the positive parenting, which started to gain popularity in the 90s. So this is a parenting style that focuses on awareness, which is self-awareness, connectedness between parent and child, and mindfulness. The goal is to be attuned to the child's needs through listening thoroughly and completely and trying to understand the reason why they may be acting out. Now, this is very much like positive parenting, But the thing that I see different here is bringing in the mindfulness part of it. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Many conscious parents see their child as an equal or a peer, thus removing a hierarchical structure, which allows both the parent and the child to communicate on an equal level. Conscious parents steer away from punishing their children, at least on a conventional level, but rather they set expectations and they encourage self-regulation. Now, it falls as I said, mostly into the democratic parenting style, but depending on the interpretation and the implementation, it can fall into the permissive parenting style at times. The other key difference is that, like I mentioned already, it focuses on awareness and mindfulness, which means figuring out ourselves why we are feeling a certain way about a certain situation and about our own past, our own experiences and how it might be coloring this situation. Which I also find interesting because I talk about that in my temperament class a lot, about my own temperament versus my child's temperament, how that can be triggering. But also conscious parenting is about my own childhood and how it triggers, how it may trigger my reaction to my children. So I'm going to go through these key elements of conscious parenting. I'm going to talk about each one. We're going to get into this deeper. 
But I want you all to remember also that we are a mesh of styles, regardless of what our values or our goals are. We are never going to 100% fall into one style. We're never going to be 100% the parent that we want to be in every moment. Sometimes we will be authoritarian. Sometimes we're going to be permissive. And most of the time, hopefully we're in the middle. Whether we're a conscious parent, a gentle parent, a positive parent, and we're going to bring in a lot of these pieces of all these different parenting styles because they overlap so much. But when we know what they are, what they mean, we recognize it, then we can remind ourselves and figure out what we want to do differently the next time in a, in a situation. Sometimes we're okay with it too, and that's fine. Now, you know, we've all had this. I've had these nights where I'm so tired or I'm sick and I just let the kids eat pizza. I get them dessert. You know, I let them watch or play whatever they want all evening. And I'm good with that. And that's just one example. So here are the elements of conscious parenting. Conscious parents view parenting as a relationship with a separate individual. A conscious parent sees their child as an independent person rather than a mini me, as someone to control. And each child has their own interests and desires. The idea of the mini me or children need to do what I say, no questions asked, is a very authoritarian view. So any of the democratic styles like positive parenting, gentle parenting, dolphin parenting, I covered in one of the episodes, they all value this. So here's an example. I was at my son's private tennis lesson the other day, and there's another lesson that comes in after his. And the boy who comes in after him is, I want to say, is about eight years old. And dad and son are outside the courts. And dad is telling his son that he needs to do his shadow swings to warm up for his lesson that is about to start. Son is refusing. Dad digs in. Dad gets angry. Son digs in more. Dad yells. Dad tells his son he needs to do what he says. He needs to do it right now. Son digs in some more. Then dad says, you will go in there and you will have the best hour of tennis ever as he's continuing to push his son to do these shadow swings. Now, I don't know how the lesson went because I left. But if I were to guess, I'm going to guess it didn't go well, because unfortunately, these types of exchanges lead to resentment, not to connection. It generally will make the kids want to not do well or the kids so angry they can't focus, right? So resentments are setting in, not just for the parent, but for the activity they're being pushed to excel in. So the son clearly didn't want to do the warm-up swings. Does he even want to play tennis at all? If he does, that's great. But chances are he won't for long. This is where conscious parenting comes in, where they talk about children are an individual with their own interests and desires. So we let the kids have their own interests and desires, and then we support that. We give them opportunity to explore that without having to do particular things in a particular way or having to excel at it. We let their own internal motivation be their guide. We give them the opportunity to show up and see what happens. If they want to practice more, we give them the opportunity. If they want to pull back, then that's up to them too. Letting kids decide what they want to do, how they want to approach it. We parent to help them build their own internal motivation. And when that happens and when they find their thing, we won't be able to stop them from being successful in it, whatever it is. As you all know, I've told this story, talked about this so much. I can't keep my son off the courts. I can't find him enough tennis partners to play with. I do my best, but this is his thing. This is what he wants. He's found his thing, so I can just support it. I don't have to push him to do it. Okay, number two, being aware of your own emotional state with a child. This is so important. Conflict in family is inevitable. 
but conscious parents strive to respond to a child's behavior instead of reacting. And this is how we model healthy and mature responses to these bigger emotions, the angers and the frustrations. Now, this is something positive parenting doesn't necessarily talk about. They talk about being aware of your child's emotional state and being there for your child's emotional state, but they don't talk a lot about how to deal with your own feelings around it and how to work through those feelings around it. I think one of the biggest things I see from parents that parents struggle with is concern over what other people think. So if they're in a store and their child's melting down and they're being very gentle and conscious um, and parenting from a conscious place about their child's emotions, they may feel concerned about the way other people might react or think that they're too soft. And you see this, especially with the older generations, right? You see probably if you have, you know, well, you do have parents, we all have parents, but I mean, if your parents happen to be around, and I know I've gotten this from my, from my mom, I'm not being tough enough on my kid. I'm too soft with them. I don't have a high enough expectations for their behavior. My mom wanted me to force apologies. She wanted me to put them in timeouts, those type of things, which were not things that I wanted to do that I felt were the best for my child and my children. So if you may feel pressure from the outside to parent in a particular way, and so being able to separate that and be okay with not letting the way other people think or feel or judge lead your parenting. And then the other thing I see a lot of parents struggle with, totally understandable, is that you know, they want their children to grow up and be emotionally intelligent, to be able to handle their emotions well. And they think that if they're too soft or they don't set some boundaries really strongly, that, that their children aren't going to learn how to regulate their emotions well. And so then this can trigger, right? Trigger our own feelings of insecurity, our own feelings of, am I doing enough? And so when we feel like, am I doing enough? We get angry because we feel like we want to see the result right now. We feel like, I might not be doing this right. My child is still melting down or my child is still struggling with their emotions and we've been working on this a little while. And so then they go to anger and frustration. And so learning how to ride that wave, learning how to be conscious of that and still stay in control and still guide and teach and help them with their emotions, help guide them through their emotions as they learn to handle them better. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy to digest formula. 
In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. BiHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about BiHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Conscious parents recognize the feelings behind the behaviors. This is a really big part of positive parenting as well. I have my class misbehaviors and solutions. The very key tenant of that is what is going on behind this behavior, right? There is something behind the misbehavior. There is a message in there that the child is trying to tell us. Are they feeling unheard? Are they feeling resentful? Are they feeling jealous of a sibling? We want to get to underneath the behavior so that we can help them learn to work through it in a different way. So when we go right to the behavior, fixing the behavior, rather than trying to understand the feelings behind the behavior, then we're just fixing the short term. We're not working on the long term. And we want to be careful with that because without going under that, children will often think that they're bad or not enough. When the reality is that there's some feelings under there that need to be addressed and every feeling is valid. And this is another thing positive parenting talks about. Every feeling is valid, but the way that we react to it is the thing we need to work on. Doesn't mean that we're bad. Doesn't mean that we're wrong. It just means that we have a skill that we need to get better at. We need to learn to handle our emotions in a different way. And that's where we teach and we guide through. So they see parenting as a relationship, not a transaction which I think is a really interesting thing to bring to the surface because I think, you know, any parent today is able to see, you know, anything outside of the authoritarian parenting sees parenting as a relationship. We understand that the interactions that we have with our children are part of this relationship and that it shapes who they are and that we are very conscientious about how we enter into those interactions between ourselves and our children. And then the conscious parents are curious about their own triggers. So because, and I actually even touched on this just a little bit earlier when I was talking about the emotional states of the child. It's also, I talked about being aware of our own emotional states, about the reason why we might react the way that we do when we have our own stuff that we're worried about, about our elders in our family, um, or even just other people. I'm sure we've all gotten this from people in the family who don't have children and don't understand (laughs) what it means to try to raise a human. And they think we're not tough enough on our kids that we don't set our boundaries strongly enough. So we want, need to be curious about our triggers and so that we can address those so that we can decide ahead of time. I'm going to this picnic with my family. I know that they don't approve of the way that I interact with my children. I'm going to be okay with that or I'm going to pull my child away and we're going to have our, our conversations out of earshot or I'm just going to absorb whatever happens today, but we're going to be aware of our own triggers. We want to notice what makes it hard to keep calm. And in the, I have two classes on peaceful parenting. I cover all kinds of things that covers this whole realm. But what's really important here is there's times we're not going to be as calm as others. There's scenarios where we're not going to be as calm as others. And then, of course, there's just the way our children behave after um, when we have certain expectations of our children that of their behavior. And we feel like we've worked on this so much and it's not working. It's just not working. And what that can trigger us. We have a lot of reasons why we might get triggered by certain behavior. And so in peaceful parenting, I cover a lot of those reasons. And then I cover the ways that we can come in and stay calm and work through the process in a way that is helpful and that is mindful 
so that we are staying as much as we can ahead of these triggers for ourselves. And here's the other part of conscious parenting. Conscious parenting requires a lot of self-awareness. Now, here's the other thing I want to say is I want everyone to be really careful about perfectionism when it comes to any of your parenting, but including with conscious parenting. When we set a really high bar for ourselves, we're setting a high expectation for ourselves. We're going to fall short. We're going to fall short no matter what parenting style we're going to, you know, adhere to if we choose one to adhere to rigorously or try to adhere to, you know, point by point. We're going to fall short. We cannot be self-aware all the time. So it takes a lot of mental energy to be available and to be checking in with yourself and with your child on a constant level. And I don't think it's realistic all the time. And then with you really young children, they're not very reasonable yet. So they don't have a lot of reasoning skills. And so trying to work with them on that level might not quite work super early on. So it's not till about three where they start to see others as an individual with different needs and desires and wants than their own. This is around three and a half. This is when empathy starts to kick in. So three and a half is just the beginning of empathy and then it will carry through and development of empathy will happen all through that middle childhood up to about 10 is when empathy is mostly developed. So before that age of three and a half to four, conscious parenting can be a little bit difficult. And that's why I talk about one, two, three magic because one, two, three magic is something to use. I talk about stopping it around three and a half to four because this is when you can start to have deeper conversations with children about feelings, about what's going on underneath, about the reasons why we react the way that we do, the reasons why we need them to follow through on a particular task. But before that age, it can be extremely difficult. They really don't have the reasoning skills. And so that's why I I use one, two, three magic early on and then say to filter that out around three and a half to four, because you can start to move into these more higher level ways of working with children, these conscious parenting styles. So all in all, What's really great about conscious parenting is that it is very much within this democratic parenting style that has these very positive outcomes, but it brings in a deeper level of being very conscious of ourselves, of why we react the way that we do, why we, what feelings are coming up for us, what are our expectations of our children? Are they realistic or unrealistic? You know, when it comes to like, we see this a lot in sports, we'll see this in music, we'll see this in, in academics, our expectations of our children. Is that expectation realistic for this child? Why do I have this expectation of straight A's or head of the class? Or, you know, you see it a lot, a lot, a lot in sports. The parent ego, right? I think I talked about that in a few episodes ago. Really have to be mindful of the parent ego. This is conscious parents are very aware of their own ego, of how my child's behavior reflects on me. And knowing that we need to be okay with that it's not about our ego, right? It's not about our child's performance. It's about their growth and who they want to be and who they are becoming and how do we help them become this version of themselves rather than a version of them that we want them to be. So we step out of the ego and that's very much a conscious parenting thing. And even though we talk about it, positive parenting, even though the positive parenting movement also allows the child to be who they are. They really, they don't really specifically address it or specifically talk about parenting, the parent ego. So that's a really 
nice part of conscious parenting. The downfalls to conscious parenting that I that I could see that could help that could have it fall into the permissive style is where they talk about child and parent as equal. And I absolutely agree that parent children and adults are equals. Children have the same right to respect, they have the same right to feel safe in their environment, they have a right to their opinions, they have a right to feel any way that they feel about any given situation. And so they don't get to be bowled over just because they're small and they're young. However, you know, certain things that, you know, they they get to have an opinion, but it doesn't mean that the opinion is necessarily right. It doesn't mean that because they don't want to go to bed, that they shouldn't have to go to bed, right? That they get to regulate to that degree because they want, you know, the popsicle before dinner means they get to have the popsicle before dinner, right? They're not ready to regulate those types of decisions yet. They're not going to make the best decisions because they're, they don't have all the information. Their mind is not fully developed. So as parents, we have more life experience. We have a fully developed brain. Um, and so we know the consequences of decisions and actions and choices. And so we are in a position to lead and guide. So in that way, we are a leader, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're better or that we're unequal. But when it comes to certain decisions like bedtimes and about staying in bed and about eating healthy and about getting ready for school, we do have a leadership role. We are in a position where we need to set those boundaries and set those expectations as their leader. So just like the outcomes of positive discipline of democratic parenting style, these are have really great outcomes. All of the great outcomes of positive of the democratic parenting style, a very strong parent-child bond, a emotionally resilient child. There's healthy communication, there's trust, there's support. There's a strong foundation for children to go out in the world and have self-esteem. There's less stress. Now, mindfulness is really the big key piece here, right? Of conscious parenting, of us getting attuned with ourselves as the parent of where we are in this moment. Then we tend to become less frustrated and less reactionary. Our child has a model for healthy emotional regulation. And of course, we decrease misbehavior and increase positive behaviors. Also, what I think is great about conscious parenting, we need to be okay with watching our children fail. Conscious parents also allow children to work through the tough stuff. We allow them to have their feelings and work through their feelings. And so we need to let them have the feelings and work through them without having a specific expectation about how they're going to work through it, when they're going to work through it. And that can be hard. And, you know, it's funny because... One of the other things I talk about in conscious parenting is that, you know, parents want to feel like they're in control. And so it's hard for them to feel like they're relinquishing some control. But the thing that's so interesting about that is there's areas where we're just not in control, no matter whether we think we are or we don't, or we realize that we're not. Thinking that we're in control is really the issue, not, not the fact that we're relinquishing more control. We can't control when our children fall asleep. We can't control the feelings that they have. We can't control the behavior or the reaction that they're going to have to certain situations. But what we can do is that we can help teach them the skills to get better at dealing with those feelings, with those situations. We can have our children go to bed. We can have them stay in their room. And there's methods we can use for that. But we can't make them fall asleep. We can have them come to the dinner table and sit down and stay with us and be part of the family. 
but we can't force them to eat anything that we've made for dinner that night. So there's certain areas where we just don't have control and that's okay. And the, the more we realize that where we have control and where we don't, the easier all of that will be also. And then, as I've said, you know, one of the important things to keep in mind is that conscious parenting overlaps with many other styles in many ways. And so we're going to be a mesh of each. And so there are many parenting tips and tools that will fall very much within the conscious parenting style, the democratic parenting style, the positive parenting style, gentle parenting style. And of course, remember, we're not always going to be perfect. So regardless of your parenting style, knowing how to give a proper and complete apology when we're imperfect is the most amazing way to reconnect, to build that bond and to show our children that we're not perfect either. If you would like to learn more about my 60 parenting classes on demand, you can go to the website at yourvillageonline.com for all the classes on positive discipline strategies. There's positive discipline tools for toddlers, preschoolers, school age five to 10 year olds and 11 plus. There's classes on your child development, which brings in a piece of conscious parenting, understanding what your child is capable of, understand what your child is learning and to help them through each of their developmental stages, emotionally, socially, physically, how you can help support and promote their best development. The classes on peaceful parenting also get into some of this more conscious parenting of being aware of our own triggers, of how to deal with stressful situations. Again, you can find those at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.